The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is January 13th, 2015. How that year flew by. And I'm your host, Gary Ray. Joining me today, we have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Sir, how are you doing this morning? Just great and welcome to everyone and our splendid team. All right, that's great. We also have Jim Kluke. He's the National Historian for the Military or the Purple Heart. How are you doing this morning? Absolutely wonderful, Bill and uh, and Gary. Happy to be here, as usual. All right. I just want to share some news with you. Yesterday I got home and I had a FedEx, uh, FedEx waiting for me, a letter. And uh, it was 48 tickets to see the premiere in Central Florida of the American Sniper. Uh, this was quite a movie. Um, we, we tried uh, getting a hold of a lot of people, but having an hour to an hour and a half uh, before the show started was kind of tough. Uh, but we did end up uh, giving some tickets out uh, for people seeing other shows. <laughs> They'd rather see the American Sniper, especially the premiere. You know, it wasn't even listed in, in the shows that were showing at the show house. So that was kind of unique. Um, but again, it, it's, it will make the movie of the year. Uh, this, this was a really, good, really good movie and, and very realistic. And it is a true story. So, you know, if you did get that chance, be sure to check out that movie. Okay. It does open nationally uh, this Friday. I believe that's the 17th. Uh, definitely go if you, if you can. It's really good, really good. Now, let's get right to our guest, Bill. Well, yes, it's my pleasure, <clears throat> excuse me, to introduce Randall Britt, who is a financial planner who felt a moral obligation to do something about the growing problem of homelessness, homelessness for our returning veterans. Randall comes from a military family and being an Air Force brat uh, throughout <laughs> the 60s and 70s. He was able to recognize early on the differences in returning veterans from that era and the veterans today. Randall understands the transition from military life to civilian life and the survival process, both from the perspective of a child, teenager, and as an adult. He created Cardboard Concepts in 2010 as a way to bring awareness to homelessness using cardboard, just as our homeless do to ask for money, work, or help. 
The goal is to assist in the process of eradication of homelessness for veterans. Teaming up with Chris Cole, who once worked with him in finance and is now a retired disabled veteran, they created America's Homeless Veterans as National Advocates to Advancement of Homeless Veterans. The goals of this organization includes attaining and sustaining affordable housing for veterans and bringing medical services to our homeless veterans using a telemedicine vehicle now under design and assembly. This vehicle brings the exam room to the urban environment. With the recent discovery of the 120-day wait backlog at the VA hospitals, Congress has authorized medical cards to all veterans that can be used at any service provider. They propose to fill that void and work to keep our veterans healthy, whether on the street, a shelter, or home, by bringing essential medical services to them. Welcome, Randall, to our show today. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor with you guys. All right. Randy, how, how did you get the idea for the American Homeless Veterans Organization? Well, you know, it, it started out at being a financial planner a few years back. I uh, volunteered at a couple of the homeless shelters that didn't really specialize or have any attention for veterans, but just one of the homeless shelters here to help them with uh, some credit strategies and debt negotiation and things like that so they could get past some of the, you know, medical bills and things that they have that keeps them from being able to rent. So I kind of got into the, you know, the trenches with them down here in Sacramento. And then shortly thereafter, there was a big push to uh, evict the homeless from the riverfront here in downtown. And it was pretty big news. In fact, they were on the news again this morning uh, for the broadcast here. Uh, they went and grabbed 65 uh, uh, homeless people, and they interviewed a veteran, actually, on Channel 3 this morning, which is our local national news channel, about how they went and got them, and they've been able to secure a hotel, and they have 65 homeless families over there, uh, you know, making that transition. But um, I do regress there. What happened is, is because of my interest and my concern in seeing that they were going to be evicted, I wasn't sure what could be done about it. And so one day I found myself downtown talking to some homeless people, and this young man was telling me his story about how he'd been discharged. And he was essentially homeless, and along came his uh, girlfriend that was with him, and she started to tell me her story. And I don't know what happened. I, suddenly I had an idea um, about the cardboard because everybody standing around me uh, had a piece of cardboard under their arm. I was the only one who didn't. So I went into the local Safeway here and got a magic marker and some $5 bills and found myself crawling around in the dumpster and got some cardboard out and spent three days downtown gathering testimony and photographs. And I made a documentary 
from that experience, and that's what started it all. All right, and uh, wow. we'll continue right where you left off, out, and Randy and uh, our guest Tony. Tony, are you with us right now, Tony Beata? I am, Gary Ray. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Uh, thank you very I much. I know that you're having a uh, meeting, and it was probably hard, uh, you know, to get away. And also, is Major Ed going to be joining us for the next couple of minutes, or is um, just, uh... he's in the meeting right now? Okay, okay. Well, this is Tony Beato, Vice President for the Foles of Honor Patriot Golf Day, and and uh, why don't you tell us what is what is Patriot Golf Day all about? Well, thank you, Gary. And Patriot Golf Day is the largest grassroots fundraising. Uh, mechanism in the country, and and it's it's a fundraiser for the Folds of Honor Foundation. Um, and what we do is we raise money through the game of golf all over the country, and provide scholarships for the families of people who have either been wounded or given their lives for our great country. Wow, hey, Major Ed, this is Jim, uh, and boy, we're so happy to have you. Uh, I've heard so much about it. The uh, military of the Purple Heart uh, has quite a few golfers, and uh, we've heard about the uh, Folds of Honor, and um, it's amazing. Uh, how successful has your fundraising been? You know, in, in, well, in this. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is Tony. Um, Major Ed will be on soon, I hope, oh, for you I'm guys. Sorry, Tony. Um, I'm sorry, Tony. No, 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 no problem. Um, We've been very successful um, to the tune of over $5 million this year, um, but most importantly, lives that have been impacted. We gave out 2,083 scholarships this last fall semester to bring our total to nearly 8,000 scholarships given out since 2007. Wow. Wow. That's phenomenal. Tony, that's phenomenal. Oh. Was that an yeah, echo? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, a lot of people aren't aware that we don't just give the scholarships to the children. We take care of the spouses, too. So if there's a mom who's left behind and she needs to finish her education, go back to college, we'll put her back to school as well. We also have a children's program for uh, folks that are uh, disabled 80 to 90 percent and obviously the, the uh, dependents of the fallen. And, uh, and we can take care of kids from kindergarten right up until grade 12, and of course, in the college with our children's program. Tony, this is Bill, uh, and welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, Bill. Uh, can you, yeah, can you tell us just a little bit about uh, the process and uh, navigating uh, the scholarships uh, uh, for family members and, and spouses? That's a great question, Bill, and um, the best way that I could tell your listeners um, to get involved with the scholarship process, and it's great that we just opened it up um, as of January 1st, and it will go right up until March 31st, so you can go to foldsofhonor.org and click scholarships and, and fill out the application right there online. Great. And then it's up, yep, and then it's up to our scholarship department to decide if a person qualifies. So, um, you know, some of the, the major criteria is you have to be uh, honorably discharged from the military. Uh, if you are disabled, you have to have a disability rating of 10% or greater. Um, and, uh, you know, just fill out the application. Obviously, um, those folks that are, are in, in related to someone who 
gave, paid the ultimate sacrifice and gave their life for our country. Um, there is no disability rating necessary there. It's just all about filling out the application um, and some of the questions that will be asked as far as, um, you know, death certificates and things like that. That's all. Right. Exactly. How do courses participate? I mean, how many courses participate in this? Well, you know, we, we've been pretty blessed in that area. We've got over 5,000 golf courses in, in the United States that register for Patriot Golf Day. And that's wow. the beauty of it. You can participate any way you wish. And there really isn't anything that doesn't work. You can make it as simple as putting out a Word document and having a fishbowl to have people to throw dollar bills or $5 bills or $10 bills into it. Um, and, and, of course, we do our best and we make the most amount of money with people that do golf tournaments for us. And we have, we're very blessed to have over 400 events that take place all year round all over the country. Um, and, and that's where people are able to raise the largest amount of money by having a golf tournament, having sponsors, um, all sorts of ways, silent auctions and raffles and things like that that they do um, to benefit the Folds of Honor and, and to give the largest amount of donation they possibly can. That's great. You know, the Folds of Honor is an organization uh, we really respect. Uh, uh, you know, they, they really do what they say they're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, again, over, you know, 5,000 organizations out there, again, uh, just... Um, uh, be very wise, and, and uh, uh, when you do give to organizations, uh, uh, but the Fools of Honor is one of a kind, uh, and uh, there's no question about them. And uh, I, I don't know if is uh, Major Ed going to be joining us? Um, yes, I'll make sure. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll step back into the meeting and have him step out and get on the oh, phone okay. with you. <laughs> okay. But, you well, know, one of the uh, things we're most proud about, is, too, Gary, that, that I think your listeners should know is that we're, sure. we're very good stewards of the money, and for every dollar that comes in, 89 cents goes out in programs to our recipients, and 11 cents stays back for administrative costs. So that's a very strong ratio, as they call it, 89-11, and yes. uh, we're very wow. proud of that. Yes, definitely. Wow. Beautiful. All right. Yep. Okay, well, I, I appreciate it, Tony. Uh, again, uh, we'll see you, uh, I guess, on the 22nd, correct? Yes, sir. I look forward to seeing you at our Red, White, and Blues party at the House of Blues, yes. uh, where we just have all the people that have took place and took part in Patriot Golf Day over the last year in 2014, and we have a party for them all, and um, just let them hear our recipients firsthand and get to know some of the people that we're impacting. Uh, so we do this party every year. Last year we had about 1,800 people there, so we hope to have at least as many this year again, uh, honoring God and country with no apologies. All right. That's fantastic. Well, Tony, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And again, yeah, uh, as far as Major Ed goes, uh, you know, give him the word, and uh, we'll give him a couple minutes to go ahead and tell us more about the, uh, uh, the party. <laughs> absolutely absolutely okay. gary i'll step back in the meeting and tell them to give you guys a call okay okay great i appreciate your time and and we'll talk to you soon again uh tony and major ed are going to be back on and also uh, uh i think you said ginger uh was going to tell her story they'll be coming back on for the full hour probably uh in the next month or so um and that's going to fly by i guarantee it
Okay, so yep. pleasure, we Tony. We look forward to that, Gary. And, and just a, a big thank you from the Folds of Honor um, to the Heroes Network and what you guys do and for all of our military out there each and every day. And um, the way you honor the sacrifice is truly, truly special. So we're grateful to you and all the great work you do as well, sir. Well, I appreciate that, especially coming from the Folds of Honor. And again, I think the most important thing that people need to understand, caring uh, for those that are fighting with you, that's one of the most important things. Um, and people have to start realizing that communities, uh, organizations, companies uh, get involved with our veterans, and especially families uh, that uh, you know help out the kids of our fallen heroes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate you your time, again, Gary. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks, right, Tony. Sir, you, bet. Mm-hmm. you bet. Bye. Randy? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get, this is get the first whiplash. time. Yeah, this is the first time, uh, you know, they, they both wanted to be on the air, and I thought that was going to be, uh, uh, you know, a combined uh, uh, show, but um, breaking it up like this is uh, kind of tough because, you know, you're trying to get your your word across also, Tony, and I understand that. I appreciate uh, your patience, and uh, uh, we're going to continue on, um, you know, you know, with your organization, the American Homeless Veterans. And uh, again, Randy, um, you know, tell us the goals. The whole, what's it, what are your goals as far as your organization goes? You know, um, well, the, the main goal started with, uh, you know, the attainment and sustainment of affordable housing for these guys. In the past, what we've done is match landlords here locally that, you know, have a desire to rent apartments and houses, and we match them up with the with the veterans that have the benefits already in place. And so it's been a win-win for, for both, of, both sides of that. Our goal for 2015 is to be able to build our own property. We kind of call it a veteran's village. Uh, it's a term that's out there everywhere. But we would like to have one uh, of our own here that we can offer all of the services in one location. Because right now, with our volunteers and the people that are part of our organization, you know, we spend a lot of time moving around. Uh, we're down on the street uh, talking to them. Uh, if they don't have their benefits, we're scooping them up, taking them to wherever they need to go to get the forms filled out. We have some other volunteers that help in the and filling out those forms and the follow-up, um, a lot of the challenges that they face, we try to meet those, such as, you know, number one, how do you get back and forth to some of these appointments? And that's why we really want to focus on uh, uh, the MASHV, the Mobile uh, Medical Assistance Serving Homeless Veterans Vehicle, so that we can go to them. Because, you know, uh, the VA hospital that uh, is around here in Sacramento is a good 25 miles from downtown, which is where most of the homeless reside. So, you know, our resources include picking them up, taking them over there, guarding their backpack, uh, whatever it is that they need, uh, we supply that to them. About the only thing that we don't do and we're not proponents of, and that's handing money out the window. Don't feel that handing money out the window is a solution to the problem. So we don't do that, but we do just about everything else that we possibly can. That's correct, Randy. 
Well, Randy, I, this is Jim, Randy, and I, uh, you, just, you just addressed probably one of the biggest conundrums uh, I think that the community in large has to face is who, how, and how do you integrate help to these veterans? All of us have passed a veteran with a cardboard sign, as you just delineated, uh, with, a, with a wording on it that they need help. And we've, I hate to say it, even as veterans as we all are that are talking right now, that it's hard to differentiate between those that are really, you know, working the system and those that are really trying to access the system. And I think there's a big difference. Um, and you're, you're cutting through all of that. And I, I, it's, that's just a great thing. I mean, because before you started up, there wasn't a pathway. And so how, so if a veteran's on the street you're trying to search out those veterans and you're trying to network through other veterans where help can be obtained. Isn't that correct? That is, absolutely. You know, it's really, it's really easy for me to be able to tell the difference between who's trying to, to take advantage of the system or who's, you know, pretending to be a veteran. Um, maybe it comes from the experience. And I felt that I needed that, and how I actually got that is I, I came down to ground zero. I moved from a five-acre property up in the, in the serene foothills uh, outside of Sacramento to 8th and J, which is ground zero. I, I wow. literally look out the window and see homeless veterans every day. While we're talking right now, uh, I'll see two or three go by. And so you see the familiar faces, and then you see the new faces. And then really my, my feeling was and my desire was is not to just stand back and talk about it and try to tell others all about it, but to come down here and experience it so that I would have a testimony of my own. And it's because of that testimony that gives me the authenticity to be able to share the story in such a way that other people can understand it. That's right. That's right. You know, again, homeless... Homeless is is a uh, you know big concern out there. We do have to take care of it. Okay. Yeah, you know, what, I have a I have a teenage son, and I I adopted him from the street when he was eight years old. He's seventeen today, so I've had him a little goodness. over eight years. Now, when he first found out that I was making this documentary and that I was paying these homeless people to be actors for me. He asked me one day, did I do that? And I said, yes. And then he said, well, you know, Dad, why would you go down there and, and give $5 to, to these homeless people? And I said, well, why, why wouldn't I? I didn't give it to them. They earned it. And he oh. said, well, they're just going to go buy drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, wow, so let's have a little chat about that. I know that you're young <laughs> and you don't understand all of that, but... Uh, you know, let me try to put a face on uh, drug addiction and alcoholism for homeless people. And right. I wasn't quite sure if he understood it, but a few weeks later we were at a homeless feed, and there was a man and a woman, and they were talking over the head of about a 10-year-old boy, and they were talking about how do you get your kid in school when you're homeless. And, of course, uh, we're paying attention to the conversation. I tapped my son on the shoulder. I said, you see that little boy right there? And he says, yes. And I said, does he look like a drug addict? My son's head snapped back and he looked at me. What are you talking about? Of course he's not a drug addict. He's just a kid. I said, does he look like an alcoholic? He says, he's too young to drink, Dad. I said, but don't miss the point that he's homeless. 
and it hit my son like a ton of bricks. And that was the that was the defining moment for him where he came to an understanding. And then in his belief of help, he actually is designing a prototype mobile shower. And he wants to come to the street and he wants to offer sh- hot showers and clean clothes to the homeless veterans. Boy, that's so phenomenal. That, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and we just had uh, Major Ed Polito join us, uh, and we'll come right back to you, Randy, again. He's just going to tell us about one of the events. Uh, good morning, Major Ed. Hey, good morning. What a great day to be an American. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. We just had Tony on. I, again, you know, we have uh, Randy, we have uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, and also uh, uh, James Klug with us. And uh, again, it's an honor to have you on, Major Rand. Uh, you were my first interview uh, almost three years ago, and uh, uh, we've interviewed since then. And uh, just to have you on the air is an honor. Well, congratulations to your show and the great spirit of uh, making sure that uh, our veterans are taken care of when they come back from combat operations and that our our past uh, veterans, uh, that we are actually looking at the concerns that they have, whether it's homelessness to their suicide rates to providing mental health and employment opportunities, and more importantly, uh, providing the, uh, the health care and uh, and like I always say, you know, the physical wellness support that they need to thrive and be successful in their local communities, especially after serving their nation and taking that oath of office. That's correct. That is right. Now, Major Ed, what's going on at the House of Blues? Well, we've got a big event at the House of Blues where we're going to have Phil Vassar as our music act. It's our way of telling all of our sponsors and supporters uh, through, the, through the whole year to say, hey, come on out, uh, participate at the House of Blues, uh, get a chance to meet our recipients, our families, and then also honor our veterans uh, by supporting the Folds of Honor Foundation. And I'm just uh, elated that I get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of telling our story, uh, but more importantly, of honoring that sacrifice, educating that legacy after service to our nation, and, and taking care of military families, which get left behind. And I think for us... That is the integral part of providing an education for a worthy uh, or deserving military family and and for them to achieve their educational dreams. So uh, we're going to have tickets for you. It's a deal where you can get dog tags if anybody wants to come out and join us and get a chance to meet me. Um, I've got a book that came out uh, just recently, and I'm talking about those kind of things all over the country and just trying to do my part in paying it forward for those that have served. All right. You know, Tony mentioned he's going to send me a couple extra uh, dog tags. So, again, if anybody um, wants to feel, you know, go to it. Uh, and in Central Florida, just give me a call. Um, I'll be more than happy to uh, meet you there and uh, provide those for you. If that's all right, Major Ed. And that's outstanding. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got the big quick trip uh, 500 uh, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway here at Perrin. Um, you know, send us an email at, uh, or send me an email at epulido, E-P-U-L-I-D-O, at foldsofhonor.org, um, and uh, find out. All right. All right. Well, sir, again, are you still with us? Okay, I must have lost them. But again, uh, give me a call. Uh, they are sending me a couple extra dog tags, and that way, if uh, you're interested in going to the Foles of Honor um, House of Blues event, believe me, it is something else. 
Okay. Well, I'm again, here, Gary. oh, there you are. <laughs> I thought we lost you. Yeah, and but it and should again, be a great event. So I look forward to seeing everybody. And then for people to go buy my book, MajorEd.org, uh, you can get it there, and it talks a little bit about why I'm uh, doing this kind of work that I'm doing for our deserving military families. Yes, yes, definitely. And you talk about a motivational speaker. Um, Major Ed is one of them, I'll tell you. It's, he's phenomenal. Now, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go? Well, I just want to say thank you to all of the veterans, past, present, and future. And God bless the United States of America. Hoorah. All right. Hey. Major Ed, I appreciate it. And again, maybe at the uh, House of Blues, uh, when you're on stage, uh, just, rem- uh, just remind everybody to all, for all updates, uh, especially about the uh, uh, Foles of Honor, uh, to go to the American Heroes Network Radio. All right? Outstanding. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Randy, again. Hello there. Wanna, you know, yeah. I, again, I want to. You know, uh, I appreciate your patience on this. It's just that you know they're having a strategic planning uh, meeting, and that's why they had to break it up like that. I found out. So uh, we're going to continue on. You were you were talking about. Uh, you left off with the sh- with the portable shower that your that your uh, son invented. Yeah, yeah. Not so much that's that pretty cool. Invented it, but yeah, he wants to. Uh, this is what he wants to do. Um, in fact, we saw a homeless guy not too long back sitting on the corner, and uh, we passed him by. And he said, why are we passing that guy by? He says he wants to work. And I said, you know, well, we're passing him by because we really don't have any work. We're on our way up to the ranch. And he said, come on, Dad, there's all kinds of work at the ranch. We could find something for him. And I said, you know, you're right, bud. Let's go back and get him. So we did. Wow. And uh, I, I, I think that's when it came to him about the showers because the guy hadn't had one in a while, as you could tell. And he, my son came to me and said, you know, Dad, when we're done working, do you think it'd be okay if we let him go in the house and take a shower? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if that would really be appropriate. You know, I would like to do that, but your mom probably wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't care for that, and that's when the portable shower was born. He's like, well, then I'm <laughs> going to build one to take to them. And I said, well, then you do that, and that's what he's doing. And he was 17 at the time? He was, uh, when he came up with that, he was uh, 15. He's been working 15. on it now for a year. He's, it's his high right. school project, and he graduates this uh, this spring. Wow. Boy, Randall, you got to be proud of that. I mean, that's uh, that's grassroots. I mean, and you're uh, you're bringing on a, your your son and another generation of assistance to veterans. That's that's outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and 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 I'm really I'm really glad that you know he has been able even as a teenager because teenagers are kind of disconnected and and yeah. selfish, for lack of a better term. But I was really proud of him because he realized that he himself could make a difference for the homeless veterans and become part of something that's bigger than any one of us. And, you know, Gary, you keep saying, hey, sorry about these guys. This is a team effort for all of us. And I, uh, I'm willing to step aside, stand beside, stand behind anybody who's doing anything to help our veterans for sure. Because oh, yes. we really do need to... We need to, to create, in order to create and live in a desirable community, we have to first create concern from and for our community. And that concern is what moves us to change. And there's plenty of things in the world today that can cause us concern without looking too far. And, and I'm a true believer that it's time for all of us to exercise our greatest power. That's the power of choice, power of our numbers. 
and we need to choose to stand up and make a difference. Wow. See, Randall, is there any, uh, and this is a hard one, this is like uh, in, a, in a sea of needs for a veteran that has uh, not made the connections. What's the, is there one single I, need that you could characterize that is the, the, the primary first need for every veteran? I think we all know what it is, but I want to hear what you have. What's well, the first primary need for the, a veteran? Well, the primary need for any returning veteran would be the support and the understanding of our community so that they don't wind up on the street or they don't end up as one of these uh, suicide statistics. Um, Absolutely. What I, yep. And we're starting to see more of it, more of a, like a discharge program where they, you know, they get counseling and they get, um, they get some skills and they get some some help before they're even discharged unlike before you know and of course this is just my opinion and some experience but you know you're in the military and it's very structured and you know where you're going you know what you're doing and everything is there and in place and then suddenly one day you're discharged and all the structure is gone it's like having the rug yanked out from under you if you're if you're used to being told where you needed to go and all of that and some people need that especially if you had a traumatic head injury or anything along the way and suddenly you find yourself all alone standing on the corner with wondering where it is you're going to go where are the resources that everybody's talking about you can see it's very easy to get stuck on that corner and I've talked to veterans out here in Sacramento that have been stuck on the same corner for 15, 17, 20 years Wow. Yeah, we, uh, uh, Randall, uh, uh, all, you know, really all of us, Bill and uh, Gary and myself, all Vietnam veterans, when we returned, there was nothing there. There was just a free fall after discharge out into the community, and our family and friends had no clue of how to deal with us. We didn't have any clue of how to, how to reconcile all the challenges, and uh, the veterans community out there, the resource, uh, the VA, wasn't prepared to deal with us, and so that's why we have the numbers of suicides, and you answered the question that I thought perhaps it would be is that the hopelessness that entered into a returning veteran that doesn't have any resource to go to or avenue by which your connection is providing that at that link that bridge from active duty to post uh, deployment into acquisition back into society and that's that's going to save lives and you are saving lives and I I got to say I would guess that that's your underlying drive right there besides the comfort factor you want to keep our veterans alive and I so commend you for that yeah, yes. you know, we want to put a we want to put the the new face on it. You know, yeah. the unfortunate part is, you know, I was born in 1954, March Air Force Base, Riverside, California. Lived on <laughs> yeah. Air Force bases all my life. Uh, uh, now, watched all of the atrocities of Vietnam. Watched how all the guys were treated when they came back watched all my friends die around me standing in line at the VA trying to get treated for lung ailments that, you know, went uh, ignored and or uh, kind of uh, uh, swept under the rug because we didn't know a lot about the mental uh, challenges that war brings. And then since Vietnam was a different era, the understanding now shifts to the to the new soldiers coming back because 
war now wasn't like war was then. And, and some of the, some difficulty actually does come from trying to bridge the difference between that era and today's era so that everybody has an understanding. You guys are all veterans. You're all war heroes. And as such, we all need to team up and be a team to, to stem the flow of homelessness, to stop this suicide rate, to stop the dying in line over at the VA hospital, to stop all of this, and to, and to give these guys their due. We wouldn't have anything without them. There's That's just right. no doubt about that. We would have nothing without them. And we need to pay forward and to do what we can to take care of those that took care of us. That's true. And, you know, Bill, Bill you're a big advocate uh, uh, for homelessness as far as our veterans go. What yes, do you think absolutely. about this? And uh, I've been listening to Randall and uh, 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 kind of following him every step of the way. I, you know, one question I'd ask you, and I guess it's uh, endemic right to your area in, in Sacramento, what would you uh, estimate uh, uh, your, your, your homeless veteran population is in the area in a, in a, in a, in a round ball figure? They say that uh, by the studies around here, we have right around 8,000. Okay, 8,000. Doesn't uh, sound like a lot against the 130-plus thousand that are on the street every night. Yeah. But that is centrally located to the Sacramento area, and that demographic probably narrows down to less than five square miles. And yeah. you know what's sad? It's the female the female veterans, uh, they're in that number too. So it's, yeah, uh, absolutely. And the hard part is, and going, you know, try going back a little bit of one of the problems is they are the, the female population. They're the hardest ones to help. And yes. I don't know exactly why it is. Maybe it's pride, vanity. Maybe it's because they're somebody's mother and they don't want anybody to know. But they are the ones that work the hardest to be the most invisible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's all the things that you just mentioned, Randall. They, they, they all fit in there. You know, the, the, the other thing comes to mind is that uh, with that number that you've given of 8,000 for the Sacramento era, area it, it, it's probably less than really what it is and this goes back at least uh, as far as my knowledge uh, tells me is that the way we count these individuals and we try to count them and I would imagine that you probably have uh, had uh, what they call point in time studies uh, that they do where they uh, somebody from the local social services and uh, maybe somebody from the VA will get on a corner or two and they'll see people and they'll start asking them, uh, you know, are you uh, homeless? And this could mean whether they don't have any place to stay, uh, they're, they're uh, couch surfing. And, right. and then for each one of these individuals that answers yes to that, they use a multiplier of 15 to say that's what it is on that particular day in that particular location. Are you familiar with that? Oh, I am. I am. In fact, they just did a study here uh, about mm, five or six months ago, 
And it, it was a little bit better than that because there was actually about 250 volunteers that came out and canvassed the entire area for the weekend and basically tried to reach out to every homeless person that they could to find out who they were, how they got there, um, you know, what, what it is that needs to be done. And, of course, are you a veteran in answering those questions? Yeah. And, you know... And it's too bad. So maybe they had the had the roll call in the roster, uh, one side or the other. My kind of my opinion, and what I say is, and why I want to reach out before they become homeless, which is kind of oxymoron against what I'm about to say. But if you think about it in real terms, unless you were unless you were deployed and you were married and you had a house. And that house and your family is still there for you to come back to. Now, unless that's the case, in any other circumstance, as soon as you discharge, you are technically homeless. Because you don't have a place to go. You don't have a home of your own. Yeah, you could go to a hotel. Yes, you could go couch surfing. Yes, you could go to a friend's house. Uh, Yes, you might go to your mom's house. But in reality, you've spent a period of your time being on your own taking care of yourself, being in the military with a roof over your head, and then one day you are standing on a corner and you are homeless that first initial moment until you make movement. And it's my goal to make sure or to work towards helping these guys take that first step that's going to move them forward and not get stuck in, in place or have to take a step backwards. Absolutely, Randall. And, 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 you know, the next thing comes to mind, because there's so many areas that you can get into this. I'd just like to hear from you what your experience has been uh, 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 with the VA in this process, because, uh, uh, you, you know, you would think uh, that with the, uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs having this as a major goal, but uh, there, there are a lot of shortcomings there. But, you know, briefly, because I know you could go on and on, what are the major concerns or positive things that have come about in terms of dealing with the, uh, the VA, I mean, from funding and the whole ball of wax? Uh, Bill and Randy, if you could hold that thought for just a minute, we're going to take our one and only break, if that's okay. And uh, just be sure to check out our show sponsor and our new Breakfast Club sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. If you own a business and are interested in saving money on your merchant account services, call Josh at First Class Merchant Services right now at 407-401-0772. Again, that's 407-401-0772. And Josh, congratulations with the new baby. Okay. (laughs) Don't forget to go to the American Heroes Network Facebook page and like us. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Randy. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Randy Britt from America's Homeless Veterans. And, and Bill, you want to summarize that question that you just asked, uh, Randy? Sure, Gary. Uh, Randy, I was uh, requesting you to give us a little idea of your, your support or maybe experience in dealing with the VA and supporting your 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 homeless program in the Sacramento area. Um, well, you know, in in my experience, you know, everybody always wants to help, and of course, the the VA they have a lot of programs that are designed to help, but you know, they again uh, maybe lack the structure on how to launch those. Um, how to how to interact and get down to the you know to the ground level versus what they do is they sit there and wait for them to come to their office and then of course once they get to the office um, the big challenge is how are you going to navigate all of the red tape and the bureaucracy and so part of our process with them is making sure that they get referrals to the right places and to the right people so that we can cut that red tape and then we don't have to worry about them falling into despair, feeling discouraged, oh, this isn't going to work, it's a negative denial uh, process. So we want to we meet that head on and get them to the right place at the right time in the quickest amount of time so that they don't fall into, you know, this isn't going to work, and, and the stories that they've heard on the street, um, and, and, and all of that. We're very happy to see, very sad at the same time, to see what's been happening with the medical attention that they have not been receiving. Happy to see that we've had these people step down with the manipulation of appointments that resulted in the death of 50 veterans in the Phoenix area alone. Glad to see that the present administration has now brought out a medical card that allows these veterans to go to anywhere that they 
want to go to to get, you know, medical, uh, mental, dental, vision. They can get whatever they want by carrying this card in their pocket. So we're very glad to see all of that. It's a slow journey. It's a learning process. We all want to see all of the problems fixed, but it's not going to, it didn't start and it didn't happen overnight. So it's not going to go away overnight, which is why I'm really proud of interest that my son has shown because this is, this is a problem that he can take over and work through his lifetime to improve the lives of others. Well, that's that's great, Randall. And I, I think you've got a great partner in him. And I, you know, I I I, I just listen again and uh, hear you know the things that you're bringing to us now. This choice card system that's just coming up now. You know, uh, uh, you know, we we see that as a new phenomenon, but but really, we've had fee for service bases in the past, where and especially of which you alluded to earlier, the uh, a large number of these homeless people now are not necessarily in the urban areas; they in the in the rural and remote areas where services are not available to them, and it's a major challenge for them to navigate those services. I mean, just the transportation end of it. Fee-for-service basis, probably if it was used the way it was intended for early on, we wouldn't be where we are with this this backlog uh, uh, that we're addressing. And the other thing that I'm sure that you must have had some experience with is the uh, HUD-VASH voucher program and trying to get people settled with that and uh you know i'm I mean, you probably had some successes with them and then probably some disappointments also you know we all go we all have disappointments every day my biggest disappointment is, is as i go to bed every night kind of feeling that maybe i didn't do enough although i tried to do as much as i could throughout the day so that would be part of the disappointment for me Sometimes I'm disappointed in others because they um, they hear what I have to say and they understand that there is a need for change, but then they don't step forward and answer the call to duty. I'm disappointed when people say to me, you know, Randy, you're doing a great thing. What can I do to help you? And then you put your hand out there and they shake your hand and say, good for you. And I look at them and I'm disappointed because I need I need more than just myself, uh, and, and they need more than just me. Uh, so I get disappointed in that. But then every time I see one that we have taken off the street, and I see them all the time around here, they've got clean clothes. They come up and go, hey, you know what? Thanks to you and Tobin and Get Back Housing, I've been living over here now for whatever period of time. Uh, uh, I haven't had a drink in two weeks or I haven't done any drugs in 30 days. That's when all of that disappointment goes away and the, the sense of relief and gratitude uh, starts to replace the disappointment. Small steps to accomplishment. And Randall, I'm sure with the route that you're taking, uh, you're going to have more days of accomplishments than uh, in those than those negative experiences as you continue forth. Well, I thank you for that. I appreciate it. We all need support. 
Yeah, definitely. And I see, uh, Randy, that, uh, again, uh, you, you know, you were motivated to uh, continue on with this and, and, and spend your own money. I mean, uh, I'm in the same boat you are. Uh, you know, we have a passion, and we like to see this passion uh, you know, follow through with it, and uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's tough for us, and well, let's say more than sometimes. <laughs> but again, we're all after the same thing: to take care of the people that protected us. Um, Absolutely. You know, like they always say, and you always heard, freedom is not free. Okay? It is not. It comes at a yeah. very, very high cost. That's correct. Now, again, uh, Randy, why don't you tell us uh, what the what the general public can do to help? And then you we're going to go the, with the general closing. public can do a couple of things. Number one is you know maintain that attitude that not all of them are drug addicts and, and alcoholics and they're hopeless. Uh, look past that piece of cardboard. Realize that there is a person standing there holding it. And we're always looking for financial assistance, not always asking for a handout, but we would ask people to go to cardboardconcepts.org and sign up for our reward sponsorship program. It's really different than all the commercials that we've seen on, t on TV over the holidays. We saw the SPCA help a dog. We saw, uh, right. you know, the kids over there need water. Uh, St. Jude Hospital, we've seen them all, but what uh -huh. we didn't see, I shouldn't say we saw them all, what we didn't see is anybody talking about spend $19 a month and, and help to save a veteran and gain a benefit or reward and pay forward, and that's what we have at Cardboard Concepts. So we would ask right. people to go there and support us by signing up. Correct. So check it out. And uh, we only have a couple minutes left. And Randy, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. Would you like to share anything with our, uh, with our listeners? We only have a couple minutes left and we have to get Bill and Jim in there also. So go take it away. Well, just want to uh, share, uh, you know, that we do live in a, in a wonderful country and we have we have the rights and freedoms that a lot of other people around the world don't have. And we work to through, through our military, we work to share that with them. And because of that and the sacrifices that they've made, we just, you know, we want people to gain the same understanding that, that we have, that these are people, uh, they're no real different than us. They've been through things that we didn't go through. We can't sure. understand all of it. We shouldn't judge. We should be supportive. And we should rally around them because... They need a, a village to save right. them now more than any other time in, in history, in the history that's of the United States. That's true. The and perception I, again, of war, the perception of returning <laughs> veterans has changed. It's totally a thousand degrees off kilter, different than what it was. And so we, we just ask people to understand and to reach out and to, and to become involved. If you don't become right. involved then nothing's going to change, and we can't always look for somebody else to solve our problem. That's true. Again, Randy, I appreciate it. And Bill, you have about two seconds. Randy, no. <laughs> thank you very much for your service to, to the country and to our veterans and your continued service. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, it, it may appear small, but you are making a major and significant difference in their lives. Right. Jim? Thank you. God bless thank your you. effort. God bless your efforts, Randy. All Thanks right. very much. God bless you guys, too.
Thank you. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thing.